Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Oh man, we're back at it, and uh, <laughs> man, I had fun in this episode. Sam's a good dude. Uh, like I said, we uh, I, f- I forget it's called the showdowns. I can't remember what uh, what fairgrounds it was there. I think it was Erie County, Pennsylvania, if I remember right. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I grabbed him there after the show, and he he was all pumped up about it. So, going getting ready to have a good episode with Mister Mattingly. Uh, but before we do that, of course, you guys know this deal would not be possible without our friends at Walton Webcasting. Uh, I judged there at Mercer County on yes. Monday. Heck of a show! And guess who was present? Walton Webcasting. Yep. Talk who to, was who was there from the crew? Was that a random crew or is it someone you knew? No. Uh Grant himself was there. Oh, Grant. So he was uh he was taking care of the the upper deck camera. And um oh, yeah. it was a it was a really fun event and they're all over now. Uh they just finished up a very strong run. Uh I saw they were in uh, Iowa, what uh Wisconsin, they were yep. OYLE for several, several days. All these, all these alternative shows got stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, normally, like the state fair show schedule, you'll have a few overlap, but all these, like now, you know, that darn virus uh, has, you know, everybody's state shows are now like really on top of each other. So yeah, sure they yep. had cameras and crews just all over the country, but because of them, you know, folks that could not make it to these shows and and whatnot got got a chance to see and. Uh, it's kind of cool. I got uh, Trevor. I don't think I've ever, m- but maybe one other time, seen you judge a show, and I got to watch you judge a few classes there the other day. So yeah, it was, kinda- it was fun. And I again because of Walton, I saw you judge there at Elkhart a couple weeks ago or mm-hmm. this week, whenever it was. So, man, they're keeping the boys together. Yeah, love it. Couldn't be more thankful. Um, also, did you see? Uh, I believe Walton's going to be present in Indianapolis this week. Oh, Midwestern. That's nice. Yeah, I'll be tuning so, in. I'm not going to be able to make it. So, yeah, yeah I think I'm going to be there Friday. So if you're there and you see uh, see me walking around, give me a high five or let me know you're there and be happy to talk to you. Um, also, can can we just do it? I'm tired of waiting. Can we just tell them? Yeah, let, let's pop off. Let's just the get store- it. Store. The store is officially open. So currently, right now, if you are listening to this episode and you are one of the first 15 to order anything from from, from the podcast store that's $30 or more, which, I mean, like a t-shirt Easily and done. some other yeah. stuff, like, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to hit 30 bucks. Um, you will get a free hat Ooh. of your choosing. And we have options. So, folks, the Stock Talk store is open now. There's a few ways to find it. Uh, if you're listening today, just go to our Facebook page. Uh, we will have the link posted there. It's So if you go to our website, you won't actually be able to click the store yeah. on the website by going to our shop tab. Because this is a, this is a store that's only going to last for two weeks. Yes, right, ends the 30th. So, Since the thirtieth, so so this this is this is a, a what we call a soft release. Yes, this is like tip of the iceberg for how cool this stuff is going to get. Uh, there is some some items on there for all weather, 
both men and women's fit. I think there's a youth option. I don't think so. Not on this one. Not yet. Not it yet. Just, okay. just tells you where we're headed. Yeah. So I'm, I'm telling you, folks, we've we've been talking about it. It's happened. It's finally here. We've we've got some really neat stuff on the store. So again, if you're one of the first 15 to place an order of $30 or more, you will get a free stock talk hat. So load up on your gear. Uh, we're we're coming up on um, holidays and stuff. Get your back get to your, school, get, man. Back to back school. To school. I mean, uh, yeah. So get get your orders in. Uh, we will also post a link to the store in the notes of the show. So if you yep. are on your device, you can click and view. There'll be a link there as well. So make sure you do that. Online store is ready to rock and roll for Stock Talk Apparel. Uh, for whether you just want to really rep the brand hard or you just want something that you can wear and every it's day. freaking nice stuff. Man, it's nice stuff. Showpig.com, which is, they, they did a store like this. It's a kind of yeah. what they call a pop-up store. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another great sponsor. Um, did you see that uh, Mission Mania? They're having another. Yeah, one. I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. How did it go? Uh, I think it's coming up. I think it's, oh, it's the coming end up. Of haven't happened yet, man. But they're getting a lot of plugs, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, appreciate it. There's a heck of a lot of good sales last night. So, anywho, showpig.com. Uh, everything showpig related. Get you a jumbotron. They've got all kinds of specials going on. But they had a pop up store. If you bought some showpig gear off them, same concept. Uh, but go to our Facebook page. That's where it's going to be. Hope it's not gets confusing with our website. But trust me, you're going to want some of this stuff. And you got to do it in the month of August uh, until the 30th. So incredible stuff there. Yeah. Well, could not be more thankful for our friends at showpig.com either. Um, also, let's do Breedem Ship and Shaw. Oh, yes. Okay. It. Got a good one this week. Got a real good one. Okay. Let's uh, give the shout out. Do you remember who it was, or is this, yeah, this is, is from this is this one's from our good buddy Max Luck? So so Maxwell um, had, had sent us a, a Snapchat uh, of this. So I'm going to read got off several the others too. By the way, keep those. Oh yeah, in. we've we've got we've got some more coming up. So uh, continue to send us those freedom ship shows. We've got probably another two weeks, two episodes. I think two or three episodes. Yeah, uh, ahead of of where we want to be. So. Um, Keep them coming, though, because we will stockpile these and could potentially do more than one per episode. Love it. Okay, here we go. The COVID... Uh, COVID. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the COVID recession hits you hard and you're limited to dumpster diving for your next set at the sale barn. Oh, boy. Okay, so that's the scenario. Here you go. Number one, you got a killer Yorkshire. He's a crypt with no tail or ears. And is a chronic prolapser. Whoa. Got it. Killer Yorkshire, crypt, no tail or ears, chronic prolapser. Okay. Remember, we're dumpster diving at the sale barn. Okay. Number two, an awesome Hereford heifer that sells alongside her twin brother and her mother that has terrible udder and cancer eye. And then lastly, a whacked out textile hermaphrodite sheep with a tail that keeps growing back after you band it off. Yikes. <laughs> one ship, one show, one go. <laughs> uh, the Yorkshire was a guilt, you say? A uh, crypt. Oh, yeah, 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 crypt. 
gosh, that thing won't even breed. I wouldn't think. No Taylor ears, but it's a it's a killer Yorkshire. Just no Taylor ears. I mean, well, will and it breed? Chronic pearl after. You know, uh, you know? Uh, yeah. An awesome herf. And then a twin have... brother, and comes with a bad uttered mom with cancer eye. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this is great. All right. In, so, a, in, a, in a Texel hermaphrodite sheep that has a tail that grows back every time you band it off. Got to get rid of the Textile. I'm sorry. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm outy because even if you try to show it, you're going to at least have a half a tail. <laughs> so, gotta, I wonder how fast it grows back. So, you band it off and do you have, do you have, be like freaking Pinocchio? Three? You saw it off, tells another line. Whoop, <laughs> here comes the tail. So, out. I'm shipping, I'm shipping the Textile. Okay, got it. And then if I mean if this is an awesome herf, you buy the lot, you got ugly mom, cancer eye, and a brother. I think I think I'm breeding the herf because at least it's quality and you get some junk with it, but you yeah. can take care of that later. And then you're showing the killer Yorkshire because we can cut out the crip and at least he, he looks ugly with no ears and uh no tail. <laughs> I mean he's gonna look quite weird out there, but if he's awesome I'd like to know how maybe, awesome. Maybe you could plastic surgery a tail and ears on him. Yeah. You know, just do it. Yeah. I think of this group, you can't you can't breed a crip or hermaphrodite. So that's like the only logical decision is Yeah. So I think the choice is really are you gonna show the Yorkshire or show the Texel? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Huh. Interesting. Max, look. So you're either dealing with a prolapse, <laughs> chronic prolapse. Well, that's another thing. Tail. You're showing or, one. Or tail. <laughs> Gosh, what a mess. That's truly dumpster uh, diving. All right. Thanks, Max. That was fun. Oh, good stuff. Man. All well, right. we might as well do our hats off. And, of course, it uh, is done by Fierce Threads and the Big Paul Lifestyle Company. Guys, we wouldn't have the store if it wasn't for Fierce Threads. They were doing all of our apparel. And um, shout out to Jace Tarbell, which we'll get another one here after a bit. But um, Heidi Anderson, another one. All all this team came together to make the first launch of the store. So I'm almost a pre-launch. That's really. right. We're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get our hats off. I'll go first. So uh, as you know, I'm an avid TikToker. I don't have any content. I'm just one of those guys who flips flips through them. Yeah, but I, I did. Actually did you, you did. You did some content. I, I, I no. I deleted it. I deleted oh. my TikTok. Wow. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. So, I didn't. I, I didn't want to down your. Oh, he kind of. All right. Anyways, so uh, I found a lady who made a Spotify playlist, and my hat goes off to her for making it because I spent a lot of hours on the road this past weekend. Like, wasn't home at all until monday and it's called grinding in a sweaty high school cafeteria it's the name of the that's of, what it's called that's the name of the playlist grinding mm -hmm. in a sweaty high school cafeteria okay and this is throwbacks from like swaybacks from waybacks nice. and it, it was it was good but my hat's off to her for making the playlist because i was yamming hard on my trips this weekend just to, mm. to that playlist so Check it out. Good. Check it out. Love a good playlist. Love a good playlist. All right. Cue the music. Um, 
this week I have to have to have to take my hat off to the most wonderful woman in the entire universe my wife Taylor Jade happy anniversary babe I, I do I do talk about it uh, later in the episode uh, just briefly it's more of a I'm making fun of myself but um, in, in this business and if you are absolutely obsessed with a livestock game you have to find your person that is willing to let you pursue your passion or join you in in that pursuit and um i tell you what taylor has uh has really done it uh exponentially since the beginning um you know grew up on a farm Mm -hmm. but did not grow up in the lot like show stock industry really so um yeah pretty thankful for taylor uh also we are recording this episode on my anniversary so happy anniversary uh yeah so i have a hot dinner date tonight and uh yeah so more exciting things to come looking forward to the future so my hat goes off to my wonderful wife that's so true gotta have your person yes Gotta have your person. Well, we're gonna jump right into it, and I'm pumped to do it. So, Corey, let's hit him with it. Who do we got this week? We already told him, but just go ahead. Yeah. So I saw a tweet once, and pretty much that tweet said something about: Do all sheep judges have to meet a requirement of being bald? The answer is partially bald, but yes. And Sam Mattingly is one of those that fits that criteria but also he's just an all-time great human young breeder been in this thing and is incredibly incredibly talented let's just bring him onto the show because we've got an awesome conversation coming up here welcome to stock talk sam mattingly Well, Sam, thanks for joining us. Uh, we had a fun time there in Pennsylvania. I had a good time. Don't know about you, but we judged that uh, the show days is what they called it um, there in uh, in Pennsylvania. So I grabbed you after the show and said, hey, man, we need to get you on the on the pod. So here we are, and uh, we're glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to do it. So Sam Mattingly is joining us this week. If you wouldn't mind, just give us a little background about yourself and, of course, where you're from. Well, thanks again, guys, uh, for having me on. Uh, I can definitely cross this one off the bucket list. So <laughs> this, is, uh, this is something that uh, I thought was pretty cool when you guys started it. Um, so I'm, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you for having me. You so, bet. Um, yeah, no, a uh, little bit of background. Um, I guess, you know, I can start from the beginning, you know, where, where, where it started. Um, so uh, my dad and my grandpa actually started it in the late 70s. Uh, we got into frame sheep. So that was where we started. Um, so my dad, uh, actually, it's a cool story. Dad uh, actually uh, was uh, really liked cattle, uh, wanted to get into Charlotte cattle. Uh, that was his big thing. And there was a guy that he was trying to contact and talk to. And that guy uh, actually stood my dad up. Um, and he had uh, another guy that he was talking to that, that stopped by, just happened to stop by an hour after the guy was supposed to get there and uh, asked dad, hey, you know, he's like, saw he was pretty bummed out and asked him what he thought about showing some sheep. And so dad went over there and uh, they, they, he bought two, uh, two lambs, a ewe lamb and a weather, um, kept the ewe lamb back. And in the next year, my, my grandpa was 
competition shooter, was in the army. My grandpa was a very highly competitive person. Uh, and uh, so he, uh, so my dad, he said, if you want to do this, we're going to do it all the way. Um, that was my grandpa's mentality always. Um, and I guess that's something that he always instilled in us uh, was, you know, uh, if you're going to do something, do it 120%. Uh, never, never, never lay off one bit. Um, and so he went to a man by the name of Bill Hegemeyer uh, in Illinois, and uh, they bought some frame sheep and Two years later, they had their first national champion at Louisville. Um, and uh, from there, uh, they started raising uh, Hampshire sheep through the 80s, um, raised several. Uh, and then uh, when my grandpa was getting kind of done and my uncle and my dad were kind of out of the house, they were in there. My dad was getting close to being, you know, in 30 and my uncle was in his 20s. And so they decided, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, is this really where we want to go? And uh, so there were some different directions that they kind of wanted to go uh, within the operation. Uh, and so my grandpa said, you know, hey, whatever you guys want to do. And uh, my dad really wanted to get into weather sheep. Uh, that was his big deal. So uh, so we started in the early 90s, uh, 94. Uh, we actually bought first buck off of Tom Slack. Manly Sheep Company kind of grew from there. So that was kind of where we started uh, as far as uh, an operation. So uh, and then as we worked up from now, but that's kind of a background of Manly Sheep Company. Uh, you know, again, they're in Lebanon, Indiana. Uh, here at Riley Hospital is where I work. So awesome. How many ewes are you guys running now? What? How many ewes are you guys running now? Uh, we run at about 180. So uh, we've tried to bump up numbers, uh, really trying to push to get more lambs sold. Uh, we're in a interesting time with Manly Sheep Company. We're having growing pains hard. Oh, we're going to so. get into some of that because there's there's some things that, you know, our age gap and, and, and stuff is very, very close. And I feel like we're also in very similar, you know, you and I visited Louisville, you know, mm -hmm. last fall about some of that and just kind of where we want to go and take things and, and, and our mindset and breeding strategy maybe versus, you know, our, our folks or just, you know, where, where we want to be at. So I'm looking forward to digging into that some more, but, uh, so Sam, you went to Blackhawk and, and you were a couple years ahead of Trevor and I, um, but, and, and then went to Western Illinois. And so, um, you know, being a, being an Indiana kid, a sheep kid, um, you know, growing up Western was, if you wanted to learn how to judge hogs or, or steers, you went and judged for Mark Hogue. And that was, you know, but as a sheep kid, there's been a lot of really talented sheep people go through that program. So maybe talk a little bit about that experience because you also helped coach that team. I, if I remember right, uh, maybe was it your, did you go to, yeah, so I, uh, yeah. spent a couple, I spent an extra year there at Western. Yeah, that's uh, right trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> uh, you know, that was, uh, I was just a matter man. of changing majors. And when you do that, uh, man, it's, you know, you're looking at least another good semester. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. But, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I always wanted to go to Blackhawk. That was my big thing. I always wanted to judge for Dan Hogue. Um, my big thing though, where it all started, I, I love Dan, but when I got to talk to Brian Arnold, that was someone that I got to uh, experience as a coach. Um, and Corey, I can't remember, did you catch Arnie um, in your freshman year? <laughs> no, he, okay. he literally, we were, I was in that group that Brian Arnold had to call and apologize to. Okay, Trevor, <laughs> are you, now what's the age gap here? Because I can't remember. Same team. Yeah, same, Trevor team. Okay. same team. Yep. Okay, I thought so. 
Um, so I got, I got to work with Brian Arnold and that was something reasons wise that was incredible. And so I guess where that leads me into Western was, is um, Western was not on my radar. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I went to Blackhawk. I was looking at Oklahoma state. I was looking at K state. I was looking at some of those other schools and um, you know, again, those, those were kind of the schools that I was interested in. Western didn't hit me very hard until uh, Brian Arnold, actually, uh, I, was, I walked into his office, we were getting ready to do some reasons work and Arnie started uh, talking to uh, Mark Hope on the phone. And those guys used to come up with uh, phrasing and transitions and all sorts of things. And it was, it was revolutionary. Um, uh, it was something that I had was blessed to be a part of and get to listen to those two come up with phrasing. Um, and when I got to hear Mark Hope put phrasing together, and then we went, did our first workout with Western and I got to hear Mark talk, um, class, I knew right then and there, I didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, the way the guy looks at livestock, the way he breaks it down, um, that was a big thing for me. I was comfortable in the sheep, sheep into things. Um, I guess as a sheep guy, you know, um, a lot of sheep guys are, you know, they, uh, they have something they grab, they grab a hold of. I had, I had good success as a sheep guy uh, in junior college. My struggle was cattle. Um, I had a passion for hogs. I showed hogs uh, more than 10 years. That was something that was kind of my side deal aside from the sheep and being our business. Um, I love showing hogs. I love, I love studying hog pedigrees. I love uh, board, going on board tours. Um, that was my big thing. I really like doing that. So Mark kind of was the guy that I thought was the answer um, for my cattle and for hogs um, where, where he was at. So that was, uh, all, as far as sheep guys going there, I think a lot of sheep guys feel the same. I think mm -hmm. they see somebody that can bring, give them the extra in the room on reasons as far as sheep terms and being able to think outside the box as a sheep kid but then still figure out cattle and hogs and the way he teaches it. It's I, to me, I've heard a lot of coaches talk. It's different. Um, I enjoyed coaching with him. That was uh, something that I got to do, but I got introduced to miles Tinius too. Uh, and miles um, was huge in the room. Uh, that guy, uh, man, he could, he could sell ice cubes to Eskimos if he wanted to. Um, yeah. uh, so I love miles. Uh, and so th those guys working with them, uh, Mark really, uh, Man, that guy, uh, I knew I, I was in the right place the first day, um, and he does this every first day. Um, you know, uh, you're here to learn how uh, most places will teach you how to judge four. Uh, when you leave here, you'll learn how to judge 400. Um, mm, yeah. and he, was, he was right. Um, cool. when he teaches you when you walk into a show that's got 250, 300 head or bigger, um, you feel comfortable. You don't feel worried at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. Now, I remember, Corey, I don't know if, if, uh, I know you had to be there because it was at your house at Blackhawk, but I remember very distinctly where I think we just had a, a really good uh, workout at Ellerbrox or some somewhere like that, and um, it took me a while to grab a hold of the sheep thing uh, as a diehard pig kid at Blackhawk, and I remember setting up a Zoom call just like this, and we were sitting in the grungy shack. And we had the laptop set up on the table. Careful with your words. Yeah. <laughs> the shack. The shack. That's right. <laughs> well, we had the we had the laptop set up and uh I think uh, Jared said, Hey, if you guys could meet up or you know, between these hours, uh get over there and yep. Sam's gonna okay. Sam's gonna listen to some reasons. So that was that was one of those moments you had to laugh at because uh, you know, we all had to just pop up the laptop and 
and talk sheep a little bit. But, uh, you know, on that same remark, I'd like to to dig in on a little bit about uh, this this uh, collegiate judging deal. And we've talked a little bit about it with others. Um, but, you know, there's so many young livestock evaluators out there. And this year's very weird, just like everything else. But walk us through that process and maybe what advice you would have for those young evaluators to to get to where you need to be going up through a program and, and maybe just how to roll through one program to the other, even if you never had reasons experience before, um, how would you advise those, those kids through all experiences to get to where they need to be? I think you got to get out and tour. Um, you know, I think a lot of kids rely when I was at Blackhawk, you know, there was a lot of kids who were like, you know, well, they would ask, you know, how's Oklahoma State or how's Texas A&M or what's the feel of it? And honestly, I mean, you got to get out. You got to you got to you got to visit those places. Um, I think that's a big thing. Um, I think I've noticed um, when we had in-house kids that would that would came in there at Western. The big thing was, is, um, you know, obviously reasons are a big hurdle, especially in the state of Illinois. Um, it's getting better, but they do a lot of questions uh, there. So we're running into a lot of kids that would get in. They were good card markers, but they were scared to go in the room. My thing is, I would tell them, you know, trust your coach. Um, you know, they, they will always uh, lead you the right way as far as in the room, reasons wise. Um, you know, again, I think what sorts them is those card markers. I mean, those guys that even weren't as polished in the room, um, you know, if they, if they worked at it, those guys always marked cards. They always were on those, the five and that you wanted to be on, um, to hit the floor. Uh, and it was always those guys that, that just busted their butt. And I don't know about you guys, but you know, again, you have to deal with the fact that some of us, uh, you know, some, some, some guys had natural talent. I had to, I, I think that's what separates the, the judges that can judge in three species and some judges that maybe just judge a couple um some that are really good that just have to you know I think that's the difference between being really good and being the best um and I think the really good ones have to work at it um I was in that boat I never had that natural talent to judge cattle um and you know hogs were good but sheep and goats were where my comfort level was um you see guys like Mark you see guys like Rash you see a lot of these guys that go out they judge multiple species um I think you know again find your comfort level with your coach that's the biggest thing I would tell a lot of those judges, um, you know, uh, as they go look at colleges. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we just kind of got out of big decision time and obviously this year is so strange. Like, it, you know, there, there is talk of there potentially not being a national contest this year, uh, this fall at least. And, and so that from, you know, somebody that's passionate about the judging program and what it can do to build young people, whether that means, they go out and judge the next major show or whether that makes them a better human or a, or better public speaker, whatever it is. Like uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, people don't just join a judging program to learn how to judge livestock. It's, it's way bigger than that. And uh, there, there's, there's a lot of people out there right now that have had to make that decision. You know, do I go to, to JUCO? Uh, I know some kids that made a choice just to go to their four year because they didn't think that, you know, they were going to be able to even have a freshman year or something like that in a junior college program. So those, uh, those, that advice of just trusting your coach and, and finding somebody that, that, uh, you know, you can, you can lean on and, and just visiting those places is, is critical. 
it's it's not it and that's i uh, again that's where i'm at i mean this year uh you know again you uh it's so up in the air i mean that under a normal year i think that you know that's where we're at this year especially though i mean to get out there i mean um you know keep the faith that's the biggest thing if i find those schools though that you that that you're comfortable at like and not everybody's going to be comfortable at the same one i i chose schools that could help me in my weak points uh schools that i knew uh, and I'll be honest with you, it was still close enough to home that I could run back and forth uh, because, you know, we were still trying to manage stuff at home while I was at Blackhawk and at Western dads. I was fortunate that dad still tried to, you know, keep stuff. And so, again, that was that was a, a, another thing that I looked at, too, um, when I went to Western as well. So uh, I don't maybe not for everybody. Um, but, yeah. So so let's dive into that, that, you know, operating the family business. Um as a unit, because, um, like so many, this, this project, um, is for sure all about, uh, growing together and being able to experience those things. And, and so, you know, kind of what Trevor brought up earlier is, you know, uh, we, I feel like are at the point in time where, and, and some kind of get a little earlier, some get it later, but to where, you know, the impact that, that, the next generation has on breeding decisions on, on purchasing, um, females or whatever it may be, genetic investments. Um, you know, as, as a person in, in your position, like, you know, myself or, you know, others out there that have this family business relationship, um, you know, what kind of advice or what kind of things have you experienced or gone through with your growing pains that you were talking about? Um, you know, how, how does, how does your family work at making sure that, you know, um, the right decisions are made and it's not just a, um, a call that says, Hey, I'm, this is my deal. I'm making the choice and going. Yeah. And I, that was the decision that, that was the beginning factor. Uh, when we, so when I left, when I left school and mom and dad were very supportive, uh, dad was like, you know, go wherever you want to go. Understand that when you leave, we're going to have to cut down on numbers. When I, before I left for Blackhawk, we were at right around 130 U's, 120 around that area. And we cut down to 42. Um, and that was a big cut down, um, that cut into our sales big, that cut into a lot of our families we were working with, but Again, you know, uh, having help around the house, my, my sister uh, would, ha, could help. But um, again, uh, you know, just the workload and the advertising, things like that, going to school, it was a big part of the family. So, you know, from a management standpoint, things had to give. And I guess I was blessed. I, I, I know you, you guys know as well as I do, Corey, Trevor, both. Uh, you know, when you get to school, a lot of those guys talk about how they had to get rid of all their stuff before they had to go to school. Um, you know, they had to sell out uh, mm-hmm. or their parents didn't want to do it or they didn't want to keep it on or, you know, they couldn't figure out how to make it work or they couldn't get them out. I know kids that tried to bring stuff out to Blackhawk and or when we were out there. Um, and so thank God for Denzer's barn. Uh, yeah. I can always say yeah. that. So uh, <laughs> that place saved my life. Uh, man, I always had a barn to go out to. Uh, and I think that kept my mind right. Um, you know, uh, that was the biggest thing I had to deal with going to Blackhawk that first six months was, uh, not having a barn to go out to. Um, that was kind of tough. Um, so I think, uh, you know, again, getting, getting back to that, but as you go, as I went to Blackhawk, uh, you know, again, I talked to, to dad about what, what we needed to do to make this, to keep our operation alive. Um, his big thing was go learn new things, uh, go figure out how to do it better. 
Um, so, you know, I talked to a lot of those guys from Iowa that I had never talked to before. I think Iowa does it uh, about the best of any state when it comes to all species across the board. Um, those And a lot of those guys I got to meet and learn a lot of things pedigree wise, um, got, got introduced to things that I had never never seen before, different ways to f get lambs ready and different ways to feed on them. And um, so then, uh, you know, making those connections with those guys too. And I guess that's another thing I encourage, go to JUCO. Uh, I don't regret it one bit. Uh, the connections that I've made in JUCO and the people that I got to see and the places I got to see, that's something else I would tell anybody that's going to judge, you know, cause again, Corey, I agree with you. There was, there was a uh, kids that they, they just wanted to go to a four year. Uh, that was kind of their deal. And, uh, again, go to a JUCO. Uh, that was some of the best experiences of my life was going to JUCO. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of where I was at. So I was, dad, I was not a student ahead, at all. I, I, I just sucked at school. Uh, especially, <laughs> especially in the classroom. I mean, uh, I could get things done and, and get them turned in and that kind of stuff showed up at class, all that. But Juco for me was the perfect, uh, high school plus, you know, it was the college classes in a, in a high school form, really. I mean, the, the, the size of the classroom was about the same and I didn't go to a, a, a huge school, but graduated with like 160, so it resembled a lot of, of the things of, of what uh, Harvard on the Hill did, and uh, that was a good transition for me because then from there I jumped right into Columbus, and mm -hmm. that would have been a huge shell shock if yeah. I, not being the student that I was, uh, jumped into Columbus right away or Macomb or Lubbock, wherever you're going, you know, that that's a huge jump, and uh, man, I, I, I do want to go back to what you were saying, though. I think... There is a huge turning point in operations when the kid leaves for school. Either we have to figure this out, grind it out for a couple of years, and then you come back and take over, or it's done. We can't, we can't do this like you were saying. And that's a very interesting point because I remember a lot of conversations at, uh, at all the, the judging workouts and stuff like, yeah, we got to get rid of all the sows or, you know, we had to ship our last you you know, like all this. And, you know, we get bummed out about that kind of stuff, but it's really fascinating again, to see the other side when they come back home, then what happens? It, do they pick it back up? Do they go somewhere else? Is it, you know, it's, it's really neat to see uh, some of those uh, past teammates now kind of getting their own stuff started. So that, that is true. It's kind of a huge turning point. So Sam, this brings up another question then. So as you guys, as you left and you made the cut down to 40 or however many, you know, talk through that. Pro How did you guys decide on those, those sheep that you were going to keep back and, and essentially rebuild on uh, post college? So uh, my grandpa, and my dad, both, I lean on them pretty hard. They're pedigree nuts. Um, I love writing down pedigrees, learning pedigrees on uh, just random bucks. I like getting on and studying, but random bucks just or in different programs. And I, that was something that we did was, is we had uh, two U lines um, that were very, that worked very well for us. Uh, one was a Mark and 43 line that we had uh, that went back to a buck that was, that we got from Ben Mark and um, And another one was uh, a generation of uh, line uh, that go back to shell uh, the demon buck um, and uh, a lot of the shell and herald breeding that we had uh, we had a specific line in there that we 
liked. And so those two lines we focused on good, but honestly, uh, you know, again, uh, looking at them, dad and I both, we went through with the marker and it was kind of, uh, okay. Um, you know, which ones are we going to be able to pivot off of which ones are going to push us in the, the farthest direction. And maybe some of those weren't the showiest of views. Uh, some of them were those extreme pieces. Um, the ones that I think could get us the farthest gap. Cause that was my biggest concern is, is I lost, we lost our numbers. Um, so we still had to keep an impact and still have to have some bucks that we can keep back and bucks that we can sell. Um, so the big thing was, is keeping those elite ones out of those U lines. Um, and you know, uh, man, it was a tough day. There was some arguing at the shoot. Uh, there was some, uh, there was a little bit of fighting back and forth uh, about, you know, man, there was some of those we didn't have. So dad did something smart too. Um, he, uh, grabbed a hold of a couple people that really wanted to, um, to show and buy use and buy groups of use. And so they were close. So dad kind of set them up as, uh, uh, not, not really a satellite operation, but more or less they, their operation that they bought used solely from us and dad could, we worked with them with bucks. So we got those used. They were still close to home. Uh, we worked with those families. And so the dad kind of branched out a little bit, uh, while I went to school to keep, uh, the genetics out there that we needed, um, and to kind of keep things close if we needed to grab a hold of something that, you know, we, we had that we were using. So cool. Man, I could imagine, uh, I feel like at some point in time, there's going to be a day, uh, at the edge ranch, that's going to be pretty similar to that. And, uh, <laughs> now that, now that I'm older, there'll probably be a little bit more, uh, cuss words involved. <laughs> well, like, you know, guys, <laughs> if the decision was easy, you're probably not doing something right. If, if, if you had a bottom in and they're gone and Hey, we've got 42 left. That's, that's probably the wrong way to look at it. But if you're battling for the ones that you need to keep, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> so, so to piggyback off that, do you think it was an advantage to be able to actually do that early and really focus on that? Huge advantage. Uh, it may, it forced us to get rid of everything but the elite. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, we needed to do it. Uh, we were at a time where we were changing. We were trying to use different bucks. Um, what we were doing, uh, we were still trying to get the pieces put together. Um, you know, the hamp deal was getting real big. Um, this was right around 2009, 2010. Um, and, you know, the, the kinds of sheep, we were in a trend change then too. Um, so that, it, the timing was perfect, um, honestly, uh, just for us to be able to do that. Uh, and cut them down. But yeah, Trevor, we, we got down, thankfully we got down to about 80, uh, head and dad's, I said, we got, we got, still got to cut 40 more out. And that's when dad said, we got to do something because these are, you know, some of the use we got rid of and we had homes for them, but dad was like, you know, this could be a really good flock for somebody that's wanting to start out. We've got to try to utilize this the best we can and still work with people. So that I, dad really took the lead on that. I, I, and I kind of followed him on that. Um, that was something that, you know, again, me being young, my biggest thing was I was ready to go to school. I was ready to get out of Boone County, Indiana, and I was ready to, to go to Blackhawk and get after it. That was my big thing. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we get to school and that we're, we're making connections. Uh, you know, that was my big thing. I, I got to go work at Nick Reeky was my roommate. We got to, he got to go to Blackhawk or he went to Ellerbrocks. I'm sorry. Uh, and worked there. So I got to spend a lot of time at Ellerbrocks learning how the, those places worked. And, um, 
when we were traveling, you guys know, um, I had a list. I don't know if you guys did this. I was, I was maybe kind of weird about this, but I, in the back of my notebook in Marquesa, uh, and I talk about this quite a bit. Um, I had a list of every place we went to, if there was something, something that I saw at a place where there was a kind of feed bunk or it was a, a showroom or a design or something, I wrote it down. Uh, I was like, man, I, I want to make the perfect show barn someday. And I, I don't yeah. know if it's ever, ever a thing, but, um, I always said, if I, if I got a chance to build, you know, the barn, uh, that, uh, that would be, those things would come into effect. Just all the things you get to see. Um, that was a big thing. I wish I would have so. wrote them all down. I mean, obviously I have the perfect barn in my head and Corey and I actually <laughs> talked about this once, uh, on an episode where, uh, the, the things that we've seen on those trips, uh, are actually aside from the livestock that were so neat, the barns are like, I never even thought to make that kind of latch or, right. you oh, know, yeah. like the these runs are incredible, you know, <laughs> like the simple thing, there's a wash rack right here. Like that's incredible. <laughs> so right. that now yeah. writing it down though, I wish I would have done that because now I forget which barn was at which facility, you know, wh where was I at in, in terms of, you know, that, that ventilation system, which barn was that in, or was it a cattle barn or, you know, a sheep barn? You don't know. Uh, they all kind of run together. So, uh, yeah. that becomes, <laughs> that becomes pretty cool. Legacy livestock imaging is 100% the place that you need to go to get not only incredible prints done, but any kind of picture that you want taken, Heidi Anderson and her crew will get it done. And it doesn't matter if we're talking senior photos, weddings, just a random family photo shoot, or their specialty, capturing incredible moments in the show ring, in the barns, out of the backdrop. Absolutely hire the folks at Legacy Livestock Imaging. Also, Go and buy one of their prints on their website, LegacyLivestockImaging.com. Love our friends at Legacy Livestock Imaging. Let's get back to the show with Mr. Mattingly. So, okay. So, Sam, you, you come back. You're done. You, you, you've graduated Western, um, starting a career, that sort of thing. You come back. Now you're building numbers. Um, what, how, so, how's that relationship been? Uh, and... and was it the fact that you got to go out and learn and do and see and make those connections that really kind of uh, changed the way that you wanted to do things back at home? And then how did that conversation go uh, when you said, hey, dad, here's what I learned. Let's do this. Um, that was the decision. So that last that you get rounding out in that senior year, um, you know, internships are starting to pop up. Uh, I'm in Illinois. Um, you know, hoax, I talked to him a little bit and miles about getting some internships or trying to do stuff out in out West. Um, and, you know, we did things as a family. Uh, we've always done things as a family. Uh, the sheep's been in our deal for our family for a long time. Um, and so it was important to me to go back home. Uh, that was my big thing. So that was the first step I had to decide. Did I want, did I want to go back home? Did I want to, you know, did, do, did dad and I want to be, him in Indiana, me somewhere else. We try to do bucks together. We try to do flocks together, but we're, you know, separate. Um, that was the call. Um, I said, you know, I, I want to go home. I want to raise sheep with my dad, raise sheep with my mom, uh, do it as a family, my sister. Um, and uh, so I get back from Marquesa and I are together. Um, we've been together uh, when we were graduated. We've been together for, you know, two, three years. And so that was kind of... Uh, you know, again, we, we, 
we moved uh, back home together. Uh, Marquesa, I'm very thankful that she, you know, kind of came on board with it. And uh, so then I, I, we, we all sat down and we said, okay, you know, um, we're, if we're going to do this, uh, you know, how are we going to do this? Uh, that was the, the big thing because dad had been, you know, the way growing up, dad was kind of the guy in charge. I mean, he was the head, he was the guy that did the sales. He's the guy that pushed everything. Mom, you know, did stuff in the lambing area. Mom, mom did, does a lot of the, my mom's very good at doing, uh, my mom's a uh, OR nurse has been for over 35 years. My mom does, uh, wonderful things when it comes to, you know, medical stuff with sheep. She should, probably should have been a vet, honestly. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, I really like, so mom, mom's handled a lot of the healthcare and stuff with the farm, but that was kind of, that was kind of it. And, you know, I told dad coming back, having seen a lot of these big operations, seen a lot of these things. I was like, dad, you know, we're, we thought we were doing it right. We've been doing it all wrong. I mean, <laughs> it's been wrong from the start. And I, you know, and dad was like, whoa, you know, and, and that was kind of hard for dad because I came in with all these new ideas and all these things and all these changes I wanted to do. And I, I tell everyone, you know, you just be mindful of the fact that you're coming back home to an established operation in a place that's been a, been something for a while. And, you know, that respect level of, you know, Hey, I know you've been doing it. We've been doing it like this, but what if we try it and do it like this? Um, you know, and, uh, that was a big bridge that we had to cross. Um, so I, we sat down and, uh, everybody kind of has their role in the operation. Um, you know, uh, dad does a lot of the nutrition. My, my dad, my dad, uh, when it comes to nutrition, that guy is out of this world. Him and, uh, uh, Larry Merzinski were uh, best friends, uh, and uh, Larry since passed away, but uh, Larry um, uh, and him did a lot together, uh, nutrition-wise, and dad, when I'd say Doug in nutrition, uh, I, I, dad missed his calling in life. That guy, I, I wish he would have done something with nutrition. We make all our own show feeds, you feeds, um, all our own creep feeds. We have our own mixers. I mean, everything. Uh, dad, dad goes all the way uh, with it. Um, and so uh, that's kind of his portion. Um, and then just kind of overseeing everything. Uh, you know, mom again, healthcare, lambing, uh, you know, but we, we were missing a part of the operation. Um, Marquesa had some jobs and sales that she was doing um, and, you know, uh, the internships that she was doing. And, and it was kind of like, you know, if we're going to do this, uh, we've got to help manage these families. That was our biggest gap. Where's our, where, that was the part when we sat down, where's our biggest struggle before I left for school? Well, we sell lambs to these families. These families have questions. Uh, the kids need help showing, uh, you know, and again, uh, going out and making sure those lambs get fed right, shown right, um, and that those families get the support they need. Um, try to offer that service. So Marquesa kind of heads that up. Marquesa, does a lot of showmanship work and judges showmanships a lot. And so she works with our showman entirely. Um, she does a lot of our feeding program and a lot of our show lamb working. Um, I do a lot of with sales, uh, sales that we do. Uh, I try to do a lot of the PR work. Um, I'm not as good of a feeder as her. Uh, I, I knew that I needed to marry that girl when I saw how she worked out in the barn. Uh, <laughs> And I, she could outfeed me. Uh, she always used to beat me in showmanship. We grew up as rivals. Um, <laughs> and I was always second to her. She always beat me. Um, and uh, she showed me. Can't the beat them, join them, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I got to grab a hold of this. And uh, uh, so, yeah. So we uh, um, we kind of headed off there. But uh, so she handles a lot of that. Um, you know, again, uh, 
I try to help with buck decisions, semen sales, try to go out and find the bucks, uh, try to, you know, Marquesa does that too, some and dad. Um, but that's kind of our roles. But every time we go to make a, a decision, this is the part that I think is maybe a notch different than some. I think some make decisions in certain areas. We've got a major decision with our flock. I, we sat down and I said, I, I'd want everyone to have an equal say. Um, we do a roundtable discussion on everything. Uh, now, we all trust each other. If, if there's a time and place where you got to buck or you got to pull the trigger on some semen or you got to pull it or you got to do something, I mean, we trust each other. And I think trust is the biggest thing. There has to be a respect and trust level between everyone. Um, but like, if we're going to, we sit down and we're, you know, what's the direction with the flock? What are we going to do? Um, we sit down together uh, always. And it's like, where are we going to go with the direction or what, what do we want to do on this buck or how do we want to, um, approach the sales year or what we're going to do. And so that was how we laid the groundwork. Um, we said, you know, we're going to do more of a, uh, like I said, a round table type style uh, group. Everybody's going to have their part, but full time for Riley Hospital. Uh, Mom and dad both would do too. Um, but Marquesa works for the farm now. So uh, okay. man, that was kind of the next level deal for us. Yeah. The, uh, and that's, you know, and there's obviously some out there that, that don't, you know, have uh, a family operation. There's some that kind of freelance do it on their own, or maybe it's just a couple people or, or it could be a whole syndicate of people that are involved in an operation, but, um, establishing roles, I think is, is really critical. And that's something that we've even had to do recently is, you know, where does everybody fit in, you know, who, who's doing what, and obviously, um, in a family operation, you've got to be able to wear multiple hats. But if you can, if you can say, Hey, you know, this is your focus. This is where you can help out the boat, the best. Um, you know, I, I think is really neat. And, and especially to come back to an operation that, like you said, was already something. And, and I kind of want to touch back on that a little bit because Trevor and I often, I, I've kind of talked to him about this a few different times too, is just the, you come back and you overwhelm your, your parents or your grandparents or whoever it is. Like we got to do this, this, and this. And, and you don't realize what you're saying while you're saying it because yep. they're like, they're sitting there like, boy. And I it almost like... seems disrespectful without you meaning it. Yeah. Uh, because right. yes. as a, you know, 20 something or, you know, at that, uh, that sophomore or senior, whatever you're after Juco or after senior college, you get so excited about what you just saw for for a couple of years and you just word vomited on your folks and you don't know that it sounds like we've been doing this wrong we got to change this we got to do that there's this new feed out here that we need whatever but uh i think it's more of the of the the enthusiastic 20 something instead of being disrespectful but i've seen that firsthand uh myself uh coming back and just totally changing everything and honestly uh you know, it doesn't happen overnight at, at most of the times, you know, there, there's changes that got to be made and that, that's how people progress. Um, but that is something that, that Corey, I'm glad you brought it up. Cause that's what I was thinking about. Like, man, I bet you there's more than that. People that do that, that they don't realize it. Uh, and then I like the round table discussion though, because everybody at least could get their say in. Uh, and, and then, then you make a decision instead of it being, well, this is dad's deal. I'm, I'm doing whatever he wants or, Oh, this 20 something comes in and he thinks he owns the place, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I like right. that approach. And we also come from a family of strong personalities. Um, 
you know, my grandpa has a strong personality. I do too. Uh, Marquesa does. Um, my mom does certainly. Um, so, and my sister. So when we all, when we all sit around and talk, I'm not going to tell you, it's not always, uh, <laughs> kind as far as uh, verbiage. <laughs> like, uh, there's, there's definitely some rough patches. Going back we, to the tilt uh, table back or back to the shoot, back to the, the beginning of times. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's uh, again, but, um, what I love so much about it is, and this was my biggest thing is, and that's why we do it as a family. Um, we make the decisions as a family. Um, and I never wanted that. I, cause I see it, I see it with other people that we work with. Well, you know, that was, like you said, that was dad's decision, or that was, that was something that my uncle wanted to do. So that's what we did. And, and it's like, well, you know, again, we put so much time and energy into this. If nobody, if not everybody gets their say, you know, again, we, I don't, last thing we want in our operation, somebody be unhappy. Um, you know, again, we've got to all move forward on the same page. Um, and you know, again, it gets a little heated sometimes too, again, like when we go out and we run them through the shoot and we're trying to decide, you know, Hey, what are we going to breed to? And we're looking at babies that year before trying to, you know, how did that mating work or what did we do there? And, um, but it, it brings out so much, so much perspective. Um, but I, I will tell you though, um, you know, again, you've, you've got to have somebody in the crowd that can help keep it all under control. Um, because, um, you've got to have somebody that says, you know, Hey, okay, we're, I think we're getting a little out there. I think maybe, Hey, we're, you know, we need to keep, keep focus here. You know, again, I think that's a good point, but we got to think about time and place, you know, stuff like that. I think there's gotta be that person though, that still kind of moderate mediates things. As, Absolutely. As say. Yep. So, yeah, just as excited as people can get, you also need that. That that's my uh, future wife. My fiance is one of those. Like, did you see this guilt? We gotta have her. Uh, no, that's not realistic. Sorry, <laughs> or, uh, but it's true. Every every operation needs one of those uh, because it, it'll ground you, and then you start thinking a little differently, and you're like, oh, okay, you're probably right. Uh, oddly, oddly enough, it seems like uh, at least for the men in my family, it seems like our women are kind of the the ground like hey let's let's be more realistic here let's think about it this way first before we get ahead of ourselves amen at least amen, at least, at least that's my wife <laughs> i tell you what uh by the way happy anniversary shout out to taylor our anniversary uh was tuesday so uh congratulations i guess to her for picking up just a, a, a the biggest human she possibly could probably find picking up wait she picked you up oh yeah she's picked me up on occasion <laughs> In a vehicle, in a vehicle, yeah. yeah. Uh, you anyway, broken, were you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, not at all. Shoot, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, this is year two, Corey. Year two, wow. Year two, flying by. Year, yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, congratulations, both of you. <laughs> thank you, <Thanks>. thank you. <laughs> uh, honestly, I should be the only person being congratulated because I outkicked my coverage and. You know, I, I don't know what she was thinking. Uh, she does wear glasses, so that's probably part of the... Yeah. Incredible, bright, next level is Tarbell Marketing and Design. Guys, this isn't a next level way to get your marketing done right. If you need a logo done, if you need a flyer done, whatever. It's Tarbell Marketing and Design. I was really going to start off doing a Monster Jam ad because we really owe it to them, but it's just not going to happen. So sorry, Jace. We'll get there one of these days. But those who listen, if you have not done business with Tarbell Marketing and Design, you get 15% off your first order with Mr. Tarbell. 
So go to choosetmd.com to see what he's been working on. He's an incredible mind when it comes to marketing and everything design. Guys, Tarbell Marketing and Design. Let's get back to the action with Mr. Mattingly. So let's let's change gears a little bit. And, and I'm real anxious about this one because um, uh, it, it might be a little, uh, I don't want to say controversial, but it, it's sure going to bring up maybe just an interesting point of discussion. And, and, you know, like us, you've had an opportunity to judge in several states, uh, at lots of different levels. Um, but I want to talk about taking the job seriously. Uh, when you are put in a position to evaluate a stock show, you, you not only um, have, have a duty to the kids to do the absolute best job you can, but you also have a reputation for yourself to uphold and maintain or whatever it is. So, you know, when, when you're in a position um, to sort of show, I think there's been times where whether it's what, what judges are wearing, uh, what, you know, what they say on the mic or how they treat kids in the show ring or, or folks, you know, that are involved within the show, um, let's talk about taking the job seriously. And I, I wish we maybe could have done this as our breakdown, but we got a really good breakdown segment as well. So, uh, I'll throw that at, at you, Sam. Uh, what, what's your opinion on where we're at today? Um, with folks either taking it seriously or not taking it seriously in the big ring. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, I think a lot of judges lose sight of, why we do this. Um, I think a lot of judges get caught up maybe sometimes in their, in their own spotlight. Um, and I think that we need to remember that, you know, these kids have been working at it. They've been busting their butts all year. They've been trying to, to get it done. The breeders are represented. The families are represented. Um, I think giving them the best and most consistent evaluation possible. I mean, obviously always, I mean, I guess that's kind of general, but um, I tell, I guess my biggest thing is with judges, um, you know, as far as I think every judge takes it seriously when we go into a ring, but I think it's about knowing where you're at, um, at all times, whether you're stepping into a County fair, uh, my mentality when I go into a County fair versus when I go into a state show are completely different. Um, and I think a lot of judges go into the same show with the same mentality, mm. um, and I think that that helps you relate to the people. I think it helps you relate to um, those. So like uh, Trevor, so like we were at that Pennsylvania show. Mm -hmm. um, so I know when I go to that Pennsylvania show, I'm surrounded, I know I'm surrounded by families that are running circuits, um, families that are competitive, that know good livestock, um, families that are gonna represent maybe some top end livestock from different states, from high, higher, you know, good breeders. Um, so I know I'm going to see good livestock, like really good livestock. Um, so going to that show, like my mentality was, is like, you know, I need to take the time and, and take the time where it's needed, uh, really sort through those hard ones because I know that the elite are going to be the elite. So to find those, I think going into a show with the right mentality, um, because I think, you know, I, I want to say every judge when they go in that, you know, um, you know, wants to do a good job. I think every judge going in, you know, I don't know about you guys, when you step in the ring, you know, you want, 
you want to know when you leave that you did the best possible job you could. Everybody's happy, you know, and that's not always the case. I mean, everybody has a bad day judging a show too, uh, just as you do showing, I think too. So that's, uh, again, I think judges need to know where you're at. I mean, if I'm going into a county fair, um, I know that I may not find the one, or I may not find that one that's going to, depending on where I'm at or what I'm doing. And you may, you may find it. And I think you have to judge what's in front of you and not expect too much out of certain shows, because I think then you become preachy. I think you can lose yourself in trying to find a kind instead of just judging what's in front of you, because you have to remember you're at the county fair or you're at some little local show uh, versus a state fair where you might find your kind in every single class. Mm, And so I think that, I think if judges had a, a, a mentality of knowing where you're at when you go in the ring um, is huge. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, that's not an original idea. That's something that Hogue always preached to us. Um, and uh, man, it's been true. Uh, it, that's, I try to do that. And I guess it goes, it's always, it, since I've adopted that mentality, I, I mean, it's something that's been good for me. So man, as far as being, I, uh... taking a show seriously. Yeah. Well, and I guess, man, your phrasing of that, or should I say paraphrasing (laughs) of Hogue, is is ideal. Uh, I guess maybe I should have rephrased the question instead of taking it seriously. It's just maybe knowing where you're at when you show up somewhere. Um, But I guess it kind of goes hand in hand with if you're not seriously thinking about where you are, you're not going to take it as serious, maybe depending on what what's in front of you. But Man, I I uh, I couldn't agree with that more, and and I guess I say that because, um, you know, you see backdrop pictures, and and if if you're a person that likes to judge and starch jeans and a nice button down, by all means, if that you know, go ahead, I do it on occasion, um, but I also think that it's not just that; it's it's how you sound on the mic, it's how you describe livestock, it's how you, um, you, you know, um the steps you take in evaluating uh, what's in front of you, kind of like you were saying, Sam. And I, and I think uh, it's just something that's been weighing on a little bit here several months. And um, I think uh, something that probably doesn't get talked about enough, honestly. I like the, I don't, I don't either. So everything is relative and I'll break it down even further. You know, when you're, when you're walking up to a County fair, um, and we're all guilty of doing it. You kind of, you, you guess what you're going to, to expect. You you don't know what you're going to expect, but you can say, okay, I know where we're at here in XYZ state. We're, we're probably going to see this and that. And I think when some, you, you can visually see it at times when judges work through those fairs or the local smaller shows and they get frustrated because their kind's not there. Or maybe maybe the quality isn't there or what they expected. So that is a, that's so important just to know where you're at because I'm not saying like you need to go in with every county fair's average and just get through it and get your check and leave because once we dread doing it, uh, it you know if you ever walk up to any size show and you say okay I'm here to to get my check and leave probably out of reevaluate why we're there uh, mm-hmm. and right. and maybe not do do them as often or if ever again. Uh, but you know, it's important to a make sure no matter what level of show it's at, the kids are happy and satisfied and get a fair shake. Uh, but don't be discouraged if, man, I did never find that killer in this show or that that's not something I can 
go home and tell my my wife that 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 one was so awesome because it's probably not there but we all get amped up when we get to do a bigger show or a state fair or a jackpot show or you know because we think there there might be some killers in there and that's when the job gets exciting Mm -hmm. um so uh that that's so so important and i've i'm still i've learned that more this year than ever uh when shows are pushed back maturities change feedings change things maybe get a little chubby and mature and uh maybe some of those uh preconceived ideas weren't one way or the other maybe it was way better than i expected and that's what those are the good ones or maybe since the show changed so much things were a little easy or a little difficult in each class uh, and that goes back to saying every single class within the show is different uh mm-hmm. and i don't think for those outside looking in who haven't sorted one, um, it's all relative to those livestock in that class. You know, if in the hog ring, if you got one that's a little flat-footed but at least can move and has the muscle and is still square, well, obviously that's not your kind. You don't want to represent your your kind with that, but in that class, that's the best one. And that's mm-hmm. kind of hard to relate outside of the ring when you, without the microphone in your hand. On um, I... I, I... I couldn't agree more like that. The, the, the aspect of, of judges when they step in the ring, I mean, you know, again, that Corey, you touched on, uh, you know, dress. Um, I, I don't ever get on judges for what they wear. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, cause there's been some judges that I've seen, they show up in judges state fair and they're wearing jeans and they're wearing a, you know, a nice button down. And, and, you know, again, um, you know, I, I don't get on anybody uh, for that. My grandpa, again, like I said, he was in a military man. My dad's the same way. My, my, they always, uh, you know, dress to impress. Uh, you never get a, you know, second chance at a first impression sort of deal. Um, so every show I go to, no matter what, it's a small county fair or not, uh, I'm wearing dress pants. I'm wearing shirt. I'm wearing a buckle. I'm wearing boots. Um, uh, you know, again, uh, a lot of judges don't like to judge in boots. Um, I think boots, if you have the right kind of boots are some of the most comfortable boots you can wear. Um, uh, some of the most comfortable shoes you can wear. Yep. Um, you got to have the right kind of boots. And, um, uh, again, uh, you, so, you know, again, judge judging wise, I think some judges, they want to be comfortable. I think some judges aren't comfortable being in slacks the whole mm-hmm. time they're judging a show. I think some judges like to be in jeans. They like to be in their shirt. They like to be in their own uh, you know, mindset and their, their comfortability level there. So I do agree with you though. I think, um, you know, again, if you're a younger judge and you're trying to make your way up, I don't think there's anything wrong with overdressing ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way as you, Sam. I I'm always khakis or, you know, that style with a button down shirt belt and in, uh, in boots and, and same mentality as maybe your grandpa, you know, I, when you go into an interview, you dress for the job you want and it's not, you know, it's always the one above what you're applying for. Uh, and, uh, me as a, as a young judge, still, still working at it. My thought was the first time, and this is just my opinion. The first time I wear jeans and, and, and comfortable shoes, then from the outside looking in, they thought I already made it. And that's not where I want to be. In fact, it, it probably never will be. But just me and my own thoughts, I've always thought, okay, the first time that I wear jeans and, and dress down a little bit, those who have seen me judge in the past think, oh, well, he's too comfortable for this show. He, he doesn't care to be here. That's just my thoughts. Uh, now, I will say, on another personal note, um, I guess this goes twofold. 
younger evaluators wearing hats in the ring, I'm not a huge fan of. However, if you're an established prestige judge, we know who you are. If you're wearing a hat or not, doesn't matter. You'll do a good job because you've been doing it for years. But what's your take on on uh, the the judges with a hat in the ring? Um, honestly, I, I don't. I don't think it's a. I, it doesn't bother me. Um, it's those older guys that go in and wear a hat in the ring. Um, nine times out of ten, those are the guys that have you know judged majors, yeah. and uh, <laughs> those guys don't have anything to prove. They can wear what um, they want. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and who who am I to tell you? Yeah. You, know, and, you know, and I think all three of us are in that same boat, and I that's what I love so much about it is that all three of us are. I think, like you talked, we talked about at the beginning at the same stage. We're all trying to get into that next tier, whether it's in our our you know at home, uh, you know, with our program and what we're trying to do, or whether it's in the ring or families we work with. You know, um, you know, Corey, uh, huge buy. Uh, I mean, that hell on wheels buck, um, I think that guy is lights out. Um, I think that you just had a, that guy had a nice win in Ohio at the expo. Um, you mm-hmm. know, again, like that right there. I mean, that's to me, when I see that, like, I'm so interested to see what that does for you. Um, I, I think that was a huge move for you guys. Um, you know, again, seeing what you're doing right now, knowing where we're at the same spot, we're trying to get those bucks to establish a program um, you know, you've only been home for so many years. You're just now getting into your new spot. I mean, um, that's kind of, again, I, I think, you know, going back to hats in the ring, I think it's established. Uh, yeah. We're in the ring, younger guys. I just be cautious. I, that if I had to tell any younger guy, I would be cautious. Um, mm-hmm. Older guys, again, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to name names, but there's, uh, there's some of those guys out there, man. I, they can rock it and they do it. Um, yep. now, I will say Craig Beckmeyer rocks the cowboy hat the best. Uh, and man, that guy owns it. So yeah. um, like Craig, Craig Beckmeyer and Glenn Martin are the only two allowed to judge sheep and goat shows wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. I, and I'll tell you, Brandon Callis, I've seen oh, him. Some yeah. shows. That guy rocks the cowboy hat like crazy. Yep. Yeah. No uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, the, the Hogue school of mentality, um, clean shaven, uh, you know, Dan Hogue, uh, don't, yeah. don't, don't have a, don't have any, all three of us are violating the Dan Hogue rules right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's because uh, I'm fat and I've got to cover up my uh, my double chin. <laughs> uh, it just help, it helps hide it all. It's yeah, like, right. Men's that's makeup. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, that's a. Uh, so you know, I those guys, I I don't get on them. Um, I think honestly, uh, you know, if you can back it up, uh, I don't think it really matters. Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, at some point you're. Your ability to sort the stock, who cares if you have a hat on? Um, I'm just big. I guess I'm overly, I overanalyze myself when it comes to optics, you know, yeah. uh, and it's kind of funny if I go to a, a show that nobody knows who I am or, oh boy, here's another young judge, you know, and then yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I, I that's never affected me. I'm still confident in my abilities and they end up asking me back the next year, you know, uh, so that's that's all I, I think you know for me myself i'll never wear one but uh maybe when i'm uh hopefully established and get up there it won't matter but that's i'm i'm the same wheelhouse just uh 
just my opinion. But I think this goes hand in hand, though, Corey, uh, with some of the topics we want to cover in our breakdown. Brought to you by Brad Howe Ford there in Kokomo, Indiana. Guys, it's time. Summer is almost to an end. Get that money that you've been saving up for and get you a new SUV or truck at Brad Howe Ford with award-winning customer service right there in Kokomo, Indiana. Trevor, I might be lower-hanging fruit now than you when really? it comes to a new vehicle purchase. Uh, probably going to trade my truck in. You don't say. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so, Baxter... Give me a call sometimes. Love to talk, uh, <laughs> love to talk with you. Anyway. Um, Can you just get a Fiat? Sorry. Just get a little s- smart car. Because I'd love, that'd be like I would, the. I would Fred Flintstone a Fiat and just <laughs> shove my feet to the floorboard. <laughs> and... <laughs> You'd look like uh, the the Incredibles. Isn't that that movie where he's like sitting in this little yeah. car? Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Thank you for giving everybody that mental image. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to break this. This wasn't actually an audience submission. I'm not sure. Uh, let's just say this is a sheep breeder from Iowa. Um, I want to get about our age. I won't, I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants me to or not. And he texted me this actually a while back, but I felt like this was a great topic to bring up with Sam Mattingly. So we're going to break down backdrop photos and I'm not talking about the recent thing that blew up on social media for no reason with backdrop photos. I'm talking about families taking pictures at the backdrop at a county fair, a jackpot estate, whatever it is. Let's break it down. Take them what the pose should look like, making sure that, you know, we're we're still in our show clothes and you know, let's let's break it down. What is what is a great backdrop photo for Sam Mattingly? Uh, when the lamb cooperates and we get the right shot, um, angles, everything. Uh, one thing that, another thing that I'm blessed with is Marquesa takes pictures for the IGCLC. She takes pictures for all sales. Um, she's very good at it. Um, and I'll brag on her. Um, I, I love the angles that she gets at and I try to pay attention to that. Um, when we're at the shows, when she's taking pictures uh, for families with backdrops because of the angles she's at, because I think as judges, and I mean, as in the sheep ring or, you know, pig ring or whatever, um, I think we have a responsibility at the backdrop to make sure that those things, you know, are propping up the right way. Cause we all know that animals, when they get to the backdrop, it's a toss up sometimes on attitude or how they act. And I think that's a big thing that we have to, I think judges have a responsibility to, you know, make sure those things get propped up right, you know, or being insistent that we take another one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, or maybe can we get a better one or, um, you know, uh, I've made a suggestion sometimes to some people and, and I guess, uh, you know, I don't want to seem, you know, uh, out of place or, you know, try to tell people how to do, you know, a job that I don't do um, on a full-time basis, but, you know, hey, maybe, you know, get it, try to try to get more off to the side here, get get a little lower and see how that looks or, you know, um, depending on the place, again, know where you're at. I, I, I guess that is 
uh, you know, if we're at the county fair, I know that, you know, sometimes if, if I don't have a, if you can tell if they're experienced or not experienced or, you know, how we're going about taking the picture, um, you know, if we're going to drape the banner over uh, the animal. That was, uh, that's a, that was a big one. That was a big one in that text he sent me was draping banners and ribbons <laughs> over animals. I absolutely don't can't do it. it. Yeah. So don't do it ever. <laughs> <laughs> as a breeder, I, you can't, and as a, as anyone view it, you can't tell what they look like. Yep. Um, Might as well put a blanket on them. You can't read the banner. So yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But so. at, make sure you get them. And I know it's always a pain in the butt. You know, everybody's excited about the win or or disappointed if you get you know thought you had it or whatever. But you know, breeders use that as marketing. Uh, and, and county fair wherever you know that breeder's excited for that win. Uh, and just make sure you do it. And I know it's, it, it may be a pain in the butt at the time. Uh, and also I would say I'd caution you to wait for the next day because those animals can melt overnight and they may mm-hmm. not look as, as sharp and uh, as show ready as what they did moments after the win. So, uh, that's another one too, is, you know, take the time to do it and then try to do it right after your win. Uh, but make sure you take them and and I know it's a pain in the butt and I'm with you, Sam. It's a struggle, uh, again, knowing where you're at, but if there's an inexperienced photographer, it can get a little dicey. If you, if you as a judge say, Hey, how about you do this? Or how about you do that? Yeah, Yeah, no, that's those suggestions. Again, I, I think, you know, okay. So you, you know, every breeder is represented and you want that breeder to have a good representation and there's nothing worse than, getting a picture back on one that you know is good and, and maybe they're, they, they don't look as good as what you know they are, or you know they could have taken a better picture and because they didn't get their top up or they, mm. they, they got them a bit too stretched out or, you know, they're, they're maybe their front ends pushed too far forward instead of pushing back towards the backdrop, you know, and having maybe that right angle, you know, because again, positioning is everything. You can throw a front end off completely uh, just by angle, um, and so I think as, as judges, I try to step in and I, maybe sometimes I get a bit annoying, but that picture is what everybody sees. Cause you know, 90% of the people that, that you do business with, you see it weren't there at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a open show or if it's somewhere, if it's a state fair, maybe it's a different story, but um, just your everyday circuit show, jackpot show or district show. I mean, you know, I think um, nine times out of the 10, you know, I, you know, we're waiting for those pictures to get back if they do well. And, uh, man, there's nothing better than getting that ideal picture, you know, because you know, you're going to sell more off of it. You know, you, it's, it's going to look good on your, on your post when you blast it on social media. And, um, and even you know, as a I, judge makes you, makes you look a little better too. If it's not, well, yeah, you know, and I guess I, I guess, you know, that's me. I mean, yes, it does make you look better as a judge. Um, yeah, yeah I, you know, trying to keep, trying to keep, you know, breeders in mind, the show represent represented in mind, uh, but making sure those kids get the best picture because you know how it is when animals, sometimes they freak out at the backdrop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I envy the hog guys. Um, and I know how it is when you're trying to take hog pictures. I mean, sometimes you're circling, you know, 15 minutes, you're trying to get a picture. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, a, uh, it's trying for sure. <laughs> and, and might, might I add, once you have the picture, please, please send it to the breeders, please <laughs> send right. it to the breeders or, or the, or at least the person that helped you feed it or, or whatever, send it to somebody so that it can get shared. Because not only do we want to recognize what we, the, you know, the livestock we created, but 
there's more often times the very first thing you see when somebody posts a a winner is praise of the kid and the family that right. got it done. Yep. And that, because that's what means a lot to us as mm-hmm. breeders as the kids that really work hard to go and get the picture in the backdrop. The picture is great for us for advertising to, you know, get livestock out in other hands. But I'm telling you what, that being able to recognize the families that made it to the backdrop is also very important. So be proud of it, get the picture, get a good one and send it so that it can be shared. That's right. I, I, I had a question, I guess. Um, I know you guys are asking questions, but I guess I have one for you guys. We're on backdrop pictures. Um, sometimes this happens. Um, this happened to me recently at a county fair. Um, the same kid had champion and reserve um, mm-hmm. and they want to do a double picture. What, uh, what are your guys' viewpoint on that? Um, I, I, it, it, I'm out on it personally because I think no matter what, the kid that shows the livestock is going to get them stuck the best. And this happens probably more often with, with sheep and goats than anything. I mean, I know it sometimes can happen with hogs. And I think the hog people probably got a little easier because show side does not exist on, on show pigs. But on sheep and goats, it for sure does. So my, my big thing is if you're going to take a, a double picture like that, like that's not the one we want. Keep that for grandma and grandpa and for yourself just to remember like, man, we, we really did. But that is not the picture we want on social media because you don't get show side. Somebody else is showing the other one and it's probably not stuck as good as the actual showman can get it. So I've yeah. got a I've got a story that that is exactly on this topic. But before I do that, I would say um, get them individually taken, and then that's kind of a nostalgic whatever. Just take the picture for everybody and you know a group a group picture more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but make sure you get them individually taken for all the reasons above we just talked about. Uh, but I judged West Virginia State for alternative show uh, this past weekend. And uh, we got all of the top five pictured and, and such. And then just getting ready to walk out of the, the backdrop. And then all of a sudden, four hogs just rush up to the feed pan, like flying at me. And then 12 people get in behind me. And I guess the, I don't know if it was a family or a group or whatever, had obviously a very successful day. And there was just, it was kind of Barrasho style, just butts to the camera. And they just rushed the feed pan and snapped the photo. And I was just, I was kind of the small guy in the middle with all these hogs murdering my kneecaps and just kind of smiling. But, but, you know, like, like I said, they all had their individual pictures. I think that was just more so for a, uh, for a keepsake photo uh, for themselves more than anything. But, uh, but I thought that was funny because I had no idea what was going on. Uh, We just took five good pictures and all of a sudden (laughs) I get murdered by the, by, majority of the top five so but no yeah, sam great question great yes question. that was good um, the- well we're going to wrap things up here and we appreciate uh, your time and before we let you go uh, we ask everybody in 2020 this question and the question is uh, what's the biggest lessons you've learned while being involved in the show stock industry um the i'll be honest with the biggest lesson i've learned is uh don't be stagnant uh, keep moving. I always like to say, uh, you gotta be like a shark. Uh, you never stop swimming. Uh, never stop looking for that next good one. Uh, never stop 
we've been stagnant before as Mattingly Sheep Company uh, when we were Mattingly Cracker Jack Club Lambs. Um, we uh, didn't make the change quick enough. When we went from the blue days to the hamp days and when we started getting them stouter, um, you know, again, we didn't get as aggressive as we needed to be. Um, and that hurt us. Uh, and that's a, that was kind of maybe our, our lowest point as an operation. Um, and since then, I, our, my biggest, the lesson I've learned is, is I, you've got to stay, you've got to keep hunting. Uh, my grandpa used to, my grandpa used to laugh, but he said, uh, you get up in the morning, uh, you take a shower, drink your orange juice and you look for the next buck. Um, and, uh, boy, he's right. Uh, every day, uh, try to find the next one, uh, try to find the next piece. Um, never stop hunting. Uh, that's, that's my biggest thing. So, uh, be open-minded too. Uh, I think a lot of guys get caught up on, um, certain things. Um, be, I, I, I love being open-minded some, to some of the craziest stuff. Uh, sometimes crazy works, sometimes crazy gets, has gotten me, uh, the more unique ones, the ones that stand out more. Um, so I would, my biggest lesson on that is, is, is those, those two things for sure. So mm, huge. Love it. Can we put that on a t-shirt? Take you probably, a shower, you're probably just juice. named your own episode. <laughs> uh, get up, take a shower, drink some orange juice, and look for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, Sam, we appreciate you, man. And uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I won't say sort the show with you, but other than the other ring, I had no idea you were judging the show, but kind of walked up like, oh, this will be fun. So, uh, uh, no, I appreciate you jumping on and, and doing this. And uh, best of luck for the rest of 2020. And, uh, Look forward to seeing you at the next show. Yeah, you guys take care. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. You bet. Well, we told you at the beginning that it was going to be a good conversation. And what a good dude. I mean, not that much older than us, but he's been judging Great a little friend. bit of everywhere. And uh, like you said at the beginning also, he does fit the mold of being a bald-headed guy that judges sheep everywhere. So, And Sam, that's, that's not, we're not, I'm not making fun of you, dude, because it, uh, I'm, the top of my head is falling out. Luckily, not a whole lot of people can see the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is very true. Um, Sam, all-time, one of the – I said this at the beginning of the episode, but just all-time good human. Um, they they work their tails off uh, and do an awesome job. And it's so fun to have that conversation with Sam about just the growth and the growing pains and, and just – because he is also – one of the ones that, you know, if, if we could snap our fingers and, and make it happen now, boy, that would just be so much fun, but also enjoys the process as mm -hmm. much as anybody. Yep. Yeah, he does. And I, I hope I got a lot out of that. Just talking about coming back to school and, and kind of reminiscing my time there and, uh, no, nah, it's just good stuff. So hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Please buy some merch. It's incredible stuff. This it's, we're kind of gearing towards the fall. We've got some outerwear. We've got some awesome T-shirts. They're like nothing out of our first store. Uh, and it's all done by Fierce Threads. So uh, go to our Facebook page or the show notes, that uh, little paragraph that nobody ever reads in every single episode. You'll find the store link there. You will not find it on our website because this is a pop-up store. And you have to order your gear by August 30th. And if you're the first 15 customers to spend $30 or more in that store, get a free hat so let's get with it you with free i mean yeah really can't yeah you can't um also just want to make sure 
that everybody realizes that when you are purchasing merch from the merch store, that any designs you see was done by that guy that we were talking about earlier in the episode, Jay Starbell. Yeah. So I mean, again, if you need your merch, to, I'm telling you, we've got the A1 team set up here. It's Talk Talk Podcast. So right. again, holy buckets. Holy, I mean, literally holy buckets. It's no matter how much we fill it out up, we're just, we got to keep refilling because what's <laughs> my analogy is not working right now. I tried, I tried real hard. Uh, it wasn't, it's not. Uh, anyway, good stuff. Great episode. Look forward to seeing everybody next week. Give us a rating, a like, leave us some comments and in your freedom, ship them, show them. Uh, if you have a hats off that you would like us to, to recognize, maybe it's a birthday. Maybe it's a, there uh, you go. Maybe it's a anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Same anyway, uh, Trevor, looking forward to seeing you this weekend, buddy. Yes, I'm pumped. Uh, got the future wifey's bridal shower, and uh, we're going to go look at some swine and pop some tops. You bet. Well, let's send them off with some good music from our good friend, Reed Southall. <laughs>